This is smooth now, man. Yeah, come on. We got a last episode. Yeah. Hey! Episode 9, back on the podcast. (laughs) Exit music for a podcast. Jake, Chris, Charlie, we're here. How many months has it been? How long have we been doing this? I did, I did, um, I actually did look this up. I looked on my phone to see when... I think I took a picture of when we recorded the first episode. It's July 25th. No way. <laughs> it's so it is sad. now February 13th. <laughs> oh my God. What's that? One album a month? That was why a month ago I was like, guys, we're just every Monday. We're like going to do a show until we finish this podcast. <laughs> yeah, because this is, this is the closest we've ever done two episodes of this show. We either was one week since, or did we do it on Tuesday even? When did we record last time? I think Monday. it was last Monday. Yeah. Last Monday. Yeah. So we waited one week with like, I, there's other been other times where we waited over a month. So, <laughs> you know what? I'm actually glad because I think there's like a really interesting contrast in my thoughts between King of Limbs and Moonshape. Yeah. Pool. And so, like, I'm ex- very excited. I like listen to them back to back, basically. And uh, so I think there's like a, a level of, I don't know, familiarity. So, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I listen to it over the course of a month and I get really, really intimate with it. But yeah. like my thoughts are so fresh now because I've like listened to it two, three times, four times in the last few days, you know? Yeah, I definitely, I was thinking, that's why I was, when we were texting today, I was like, maybe we should push it to next week because I haven't listened. I think I listened to it like four times. I usually try to do like at least eight maybe. But then this, I was like, you know, I'm really liking this album. I don't think another week of listening to it is really going to change anything at this point. So yeah. I was like, let's just fuck it. We'll record the last, ep- the last epi. So who wants to get into the preamble of Moonshape Pool? Um, for the last time, Greenwald, take, a, take us home. Well, I can do it. So this is their last album. As far as I know, they have not released any other albums. Um, And this one came out in 2016, although people often talk about it still, I think because it's the most recent Radiohead album, and also because it's kind of like this sad orchestral album. And I think for a lot of people, it soundtracked not just the Trump presidency, but the pandemic. Um, because a lot of this is about being alone and isolation and mm. taking things one day at a time. I'm quoting specifically the lyrics in the numbers, which I'll talk about later. Cause I have very strong thoughts on that song, but, um, yeah, I, it's so hard to believe like this is the most recent Radiohead album and it was in 2016. It's a long time ago, you know, and now they're all doing different things. And obviously the smile is out there in the world. But like, that's not Radiohead. Um, Certainly to me, it does not sound, and I have listened to a little bit of it, but like, it does not sound that much to me like Radiohead. It's very cool and experimental, but Moonshade Pool, when it came out, was considered by many music critics to be like a total return to form for Radiohead. Hmm. Um, And I think that's because in Rainbows, which was also widely acclaimed, came out in 2007. And so, like, you have 2007, and then you have King of Limbs, which comes out in 2011, and then you have Moonshade Pool, which comes out five years later. So, like, if you think about it, really, in the last 15 years, there's only two Radiohead albums that people still talk about. Again, Mm -hmm. nothing against King of Limbs, but I think that that album was a little too weird for a lot of people. And Moonshade Pool was considered, like, a really grand return to form for them. Um, and yeah, just a little bit of background on it. The record was, as most Radiohead albums seem to, to be, re- recorded within a two to three week time span. So they really like banged it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they recorded this one in France as well as RAK in London. And a l- tiny bit of interesting background. Um, they 
uh, went back into the studio with Nigel Godrich, who they've worked with uh, on many different albums. They were slow to regain momentum. Um, so they went to France kind of as like a looking for inspiration, looking to kind of get out of England and find a different uh, different way of, of, of discovering their own sound. Um, and they had very few demos. There was no rehearsal period. And in a lot of interesting, something that I think is kind of interesting, they uh, sort of repurposed some songs that they had been working on over the last 20 years. So um, some of the stuff that you hear, um, I'm talking specifically about um, the song Identikit, huh? True Love Waits. True Love Waits, Identikit. These are tracks that maybe don't, don't necessarily get get born in the immediate recording process, but are instead a decade sometimes plus old, mm. repurposed, redone. Um, and then in terms of the orchestrations, because I heard a lot of like Baroque pop, art, rock, orchestra, you know, uh, string sections in this record. Um, they were arranged by Johnny Greenwood and performed by the London Contemporary Orchestra. Johnny Greenwood, who, as we all know, kind of went off and became like a very successful film scorer uh, in in between Radiohead albums in the 21st century, um, so cool. and I think film scorer. I of... thought he was a hockey scorer. Point scorer. I guess. <laughs> he does look like a hockey player. <laughs> no, that's okay. You don't have to do that. He, you don't have to say that. He's <laughs> he scored. Um, uh, 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 their, Phantom their Thread, Blood and he did and the Phantom Blood. Thread. So a couple of Paul Thomas Anderson movies. I've abandoned my boy. And two tens, two, two, tens. two hard tens in my book. Yeah, Charlie, two. can you do and can you do the Daniel Day Lewis scene of I've abandoned my boy? <laughs> I've abandoned my child. Say it louder, Dan. I've louder. abandoned my child. <laughs> abandoned my boy. Abandoned my boy. It's an intense, <laughs> intense scene. Washes um, in the blood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try to pawn it yes. off. Good memory. Abandoned my boy. Um, but uh, oh, anyway, there's been there was a lot of like off, off. I guess you could say not off screen, but like off record drama. So first of all, Tom York and his longtime longtime partner broke up, and a lot of people think that his split from this woman, whose name was Rachel Owen, um, heavily influenced the album. And then what's so strange too is that she ended up dying like months yeah, right after, after this record was released, which yeah. just, I think, probably was very strange and profound. Wow. Um, and then That's Nigel the Godrich's thing. father died as well. Right uh, before. Yeah, right before. So a lot of like loss and grief and uh, transitions for the personal, in the personal lives of the I, members. I did, I saw the same thing where his, Tom York's longtime partner, they split up right before and everyone was like, we think that this record is a lot about that. Like, yeah. People duck, call right? it. I mean, but obviously, like, it's yeah. a sad record about loss, and he just broke up with his girlfriend. Like, isn't it clearly? I don't know. Even why is there speculation on that? It's like, I don't know. I just people thought that was weird. The radio... That there was like a few times it was like, you know, people were really starting to suspect that this these sad songs about breaking up might be about Tom York's breakup. We're not sure, but we're we're really leaning towards it. Some people call this Radiohead's breakup album, which was not necessarily how I viewed it, but. I can see why some people would. And mm. two things that I think are really interesting here too as well, and then I'll and then I'll shut up. But one is they recorded, they were approached and recorded a James Bond theme song for the James Bond movie Spectre. Spectre. It didn't make it onto this album, but I listened to it and it's fucking great and totally would work on the radio, on the uh, James Bond Well, because it didn't... Bond movie. Oh, yeah, because it didn't... And then, but also but Wikipedia it said that dark. they... <laughs> yeah, and it said that that ruined the recording process where they yes. where they were cruising on Moonshape Pool, and then they were like they took a break to do Spectre, and then they just couldn't really get back into Moonshape Pool. Totally, sucks. totally sucks. Oh, I want to hear that. So it's Let almost as if like they finished fall. the album reluctantly. Good, it's what was that? I, I love Skyfall, but this song is even better. Like it's oh, so Skyfall? great. 
Godfall's Yeah, cool. this song is called Spectre, named after the James Bond movie, and it's so good. It's so mm. good. I really like it, but obviously, like, it interrupted their flow in recording this album. So anyway, that's a little bit of the uh, of the background. What did you think about the record, Charlie? I think it's really, really goddamn good, is yeah. what I think. There's four songs in particular on the album that I think are phenomenal. So Burn Their Witch, which we just heard, I think is an awesome song. We heard that really when, when we went and saw like the orchestra play the tribute music to them. Dex Dark is such an incredible song. Like it builds in this very haunting, spooky way. Um, and then kind of turns into a different song by the end. Like it sneaks up on you before you realize it. And then Desert Island Disc, I love because it reminds me of Nick Drake. Um, mm -hmm. And then The Numbers, which I think is like a total top 10 Radiohead song for me. I just love that song. It's mm -hmm. so good. Like the melody is so great. I love the use of strings. Um, and that song, among other things, is kind of about the climate crisis. At least some people think that it is. And uh, there's a video of Tom York and Johnny Greenwood playing it as a duo directed by Paul Thomas Anderson on a mountain on YouTube. Um, cool. And it sounds amazing. Damn. And uh, anyway, I think this album is like a total, and again, Spectre I listened to, which I think is awesome. Not on this album, but was recorded during the time frame. So like, to me, this is like a top, probably in the top four. I would put like the Benz, OK Computer, and Hail to the Thief ahead of it, but then I would put it right there. Like, lo loved this album and really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think one thing I will definitely continue to, like in thinking about it, like wrapping up this kind of exploration of Radiohead, one thing I was definitely interested in is like what members I would kind of see myself attaching to and where I would go with projects like The Smile. And I, I think I definitely want to, because even listening to um, I know we just wrapped up like daydreaming, but it sounds so it sounds so cool. Sounds like so much really like I I love listening to to ambient music and instrumental music, um, and it sounds so much like so much ambient and instrumental music that's that's even coming out like as recently as this year. Um, so I'm curious to know, yeah, like I want to I want to listen to Johnny Greenwood's solo music. I want to listen to to some of the film scores and just like kind of. Yeah, because I feel like they could make the best, they could make the best um, instrumental album uh, ever, I feel like. Um, and this, I think this album has such rich instrumentals with the strings and stuff like that. It kind of, like they kind of grabbed that part of themselves and just brought it to fruition. Because um, so many orchestras and stuff cover their material even before Moonshape Pool. And I, I feel like they almost like gravitated toward that and said, let's, Let's turn up our orchestral qualities and and uh, yeah, and like blow that up and see what we can do with it. And this all feels so well arranged and, and thought out. It's amazing that it only took two or three weeks, but that was definitely one of my main takeaways. Yeah, um, I think I'm I'm right there with you. The arrangement to me is one of the most incredible things about this record, and probably one of the mm -hmm. most incredible things about Radiohead as since the since been listening to him is just the arrangement of the orchestra and the voices on this record and the just the work of giant greenwood it's just absolutely blew me away i was just so enthralled in in the in the music because there's so many layers to it but it's so cohesive and smooth and <laughs> for some reason tom's voice still sounds good against like a choir and all this other stuff so i, I think <laughs> that that was what really stood out to me i mean obviously because that's what's different about the record um but i was super super crazy impressed with with the work johnny was doing Apparently he had the people playing the cellos and stuff with guitar picks for Burn the Witch. And he also really? had them de he had detuned so they can get even lower sound. So cool. These got these guys just understand instruments in like a way <laughs> yeah, that dude. we will yeah. ever understand. <laughs> Better you know? than I'll under ever understand anything. I think. <laughs> That's what I say about Kendrick Lamar a lot. I'm like, Kendrick's better at rapping than I will ever be at anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's like i think a that's for most people yeah there's a level of like virtuosity there that i think com comes through you know like though it's not I think just another what thing, he plays it's the way he plays right yeah another thing um that i really love about this record i think in addition to those like kind of orchestral and 
notes and and the arrangement and, and all just the mastery of of like music in general that comes through on this um it's like it still grooves often i love radiohead when they groove like i, I feel like that's there's flashes of it throughout I feel like the most of it happens on on hail to the thief and, and on in rainbows a little bit um that's what i find myself like attaching to when they kind of get in like a groove and um you know ride out a little bit there find themselves in a little bit of a rhythmic pocket like i think they sound so good i think the smile has a lot of that and i love that about the smile um there's definitely like that's a much more rhythmic project um do they and, make songs like, even this part i feel like they make does the smile make songs or is it more like radiohead kind of pieces no, and they, works they, they make songs for sure yeah. but like even this part of this song yeah like such a groove um what is this dex dark dex dark yeah i just like love that just, guitar yeah it's awesome and then you yeah, get the little like swirl slap of the string yeah it's awesome um so yeah i feel like there's a lot of instances of that just kind of grooving and like pulls you in keeps you interested like because yeah. I, I think when they they lose me when they start drifting into this really like like i love their ambient side but it almost gets to a place sometimes where it's so like ethereal and cosmic sounding that it gets like kind of thin and, and I get lost. Um, but a little bit of like grounding in some rhythm throughout can really like keep you engaged. I feel like they found such a good balance on this album. And it gets a little jazzy too, like which uh, the smile fun. is is so jazzy. Um, yeah, I just feel like this record is is like, yeah, we could do anything we want. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a victory lap for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think they I think they knew it was the last one. All the the songs are in alphabetical order, which is weird. Oh, did not um, know that. I think oh, yeah. they said yeah. that it wasn't on purpose, and that's just the way that it worked out. But no, you never really know about that kind of stuff. You can I definitely just change, don't. You can just, you can just change the name of the songs so they're in alphabetical order. I mean, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I think I didn't notice, but now that you mentioned it, it's like, yeah, that's intentional. <laughs> but do you think that they did? Did they think they recorded it so it would be that, or did you think it was a coincidence, or do you think that they were just like, honestly, like it doesn't the order doesn't matter. We're just going to put them in alphabetical order. I think a lot about like where bands place songs on albums. Like, what is your sequencing, yeah. yeah sequencing? Great way of putting it. Like, what is what are you what are you kicking? You know. Because so many albums now, it's like singles are released ahead of time, and then they're just kind of embedded into the album. A great example of this, I don't know if you guys are really John Mayer fans at all, but he released Sob Rock, was it last year or two years ago? Summer 2021. And half of that album was, it was 10 songs, and five of the songs were singles that he had Not released already. Yeah. And I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like, I know all these songs, you know? But... Anyway, all that being said is like, I do think that for fans, when an album starts, it's like you want one of the most captivating songs at the top. And then I think by the end, you really want to kind of like, if you don't land with like an exclamation point, you land by kind of drifting off into the into the abyss. And I, I definitely think that like, even if they didn't organize it this way, like they retitled the names of things. Yeah, it's uh, not that hard to change the name of a song. <laughs> no, and some of them are bad. Like, I hate songs. What are you, Fall Out Boy? Like, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Sailor, Rich Man, Poor Man, Beggar Man, Thief. Like, that's not a song title. That's, that's like, so long and run on. Yeah, yeah they, no. they, to me, are way too thoughtful for that, for it to not be intentional, like, where they place the songs on the record. Like, I feel yeah. like if you're going to arrange your music and have your cello players detune their their cellos and play and with picks then you're gonna probably pick where the song goes on the album i uh, agree but very sus totally agree by the way this song desert island disc named after a podcast that bbc does called desert island discs where they interview celebrities and they ask them they interview them but then in between the interviews they ask them like what records you would bring with you to a desert island right so you pick like your top <laughs> five favorite songs and so for tom york to name one of his songs desert island disc yeah i think is almost like an intentional of thing of being like this is this is like 
some of the best work that I've ever done. Yeah. Again, I could be wrong, but like the lyrics of that song have nothing to do with like a desert island disc. It has to do, yeah. at least to me, it has to do with a breakup. Like I was yeah. reading that and I was what? A no. Br- a break. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um how we feel you can't go around assuming things like that charlie yeah it's a little bit standing on the edge of you (laughs) is one of the lyrics that's like a break of lyric yeah Um, (laughs) desert island disc how are we feeling about the spelling of the word disc if you were to sit me down in a chair and ask me to spell it i would end that motherfucker with a c so would i what's good with that is that it is that it i don't know i did i never thought of that until right now but i that now i'm looking at it that looks bright d-i-s-k but i i swear if you were to you were to make me do it i would do it with a c disc with the k is the preferred spelling in american english and it's also the spelling used for computer related objects such as a hard disk um what about a floppy disk Disc with a C is preferred spelling in British English, which makes this even more confusing. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's also the spelling used for devices carrying sound. What about like a Frisbee? That's got to be like a K. That's got to be a C. I think it, uh, Frisbee was a Q. Oh, great band. Disc with a Q. Oh, yeah. I like that quite a bit. Yeah. This song, very whack song. <laughs> yeah. They did the thing where they spell the word wrong again. They did that in another record. It's called Full Stop, but it's F-U-L. F-U-L, I know. They did that on the, the something about a door. Wasn't there another song about it? Slam the door or something? What was that song called? I don't remember, man. Uh, no, they did They did it on Amnesiac, I think. Is it Amnesiac? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, packed like sardines with P A C T. Yeah, yeah, they did that. And then... K-T. Oh, I was thinking about Polk pull revolving doors oh yeah right yeah what what is this <laughs> why do they spell their songs with the wrong language yeah polk pull what the what in god you guys name? just don't get polk. it yeah i, mean, I guess uh, i don't get it yeah <laughs> well then identikit isn't the word but that sounds no. cool because it's not a word and if i heard that word if i heard the that word if I heard Identikit, I could tell you that that was a Radiohead song before I even knew that it existed. That's <laughs> the most Radiohead song name. What ever. about Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Sailor, Rich Man, no. Poor Man, Beggar Man, Thief? Horrible song No, I would not title. guess that. I don't like that song title. True Love Waits, I would say, was like uh, Al Green or something. Yeah, yeah. That song is so good. It's crazy. It is. I I was reading some of the reviews, and this one guy didn't like this record. He said it was kind of garbage, and he said the only good song is True Love Waits, and that's why it makes sense that it was written 20 years earlier, because they didn't write it whenever they were writing all this other nonsense. See, I don't, this is just my opinion on this, but like I totally don't agree with that. I think if you take a song that's written 20 years earlier, but you like release it now... You know, assuming that you're not literally taking the recording from 1999 and then like releasing it in 2016, like you find a way to repurpose, replay, reinterpret the song. It's doesn't matter when you wrote it, like you're still releasing Mm -hmm. it in that era. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Especially the songs that I think I don't know if it was that one or the other one you mentioned that they were recording or they started working on during the Kid A sessions. And now they were that's a that's a completely different song. Yeah. What you were working on for Kid A versus what you're doing for this one, completely different sound, completely different song. Well, Maybe I couldn't there's agree. Like a, couldn't a couple agree lyrics that are the same, but otherwise, couldn't agree more. So I think that that reviewer like is, you know, I understand what they're trying to say, but I don't agree at all. Let's find this fucker's name. Yeah, find their. For name. some reason, I like. I usually don't feel this way about it, like opinions, but I feel like saying this album isn't good. It's just a bad take. It's, it's obviously good. Like maybe you don't like it as a Radiohead album, but it's like so good. It's just like a really good album of music and like music writing. Like it's just like no totally. one can do this. Totally. I don't know. It's weird. There's a level of like this song, right? This is Glass Eyes. This song, like, it's so Radiohead to me. Like it's mm-hmm. totally quintessential them. They're doing this 30 years, they're 30 years deep into their careers at this point, really, right? They start, when did they start? 1993, you know, this is 2016, like it's, it's, oh, whatever, 25 years into their career. Like they still sound fresh, filled with energy, filled with ideas, 
that kind of darkness, that loneliness, that isolation, that balladry, that melancholy. You know, Tom York is a guy who like sings laments about the world. And that's at least one interpretation of their music that I have is like, this is somebody who sings songs of sadness, you know? Mm. And like, I get what I get from this song and from these, it's, these tracks, I am getting the same feelings that I got on OK Computer and the bands, mm -hmm. you know, like they totally, I guess what I'm saying is like, I am shocked at how much it still sounds like a fresh, energetic band filled with ideas. Like they still have mm. their fat, they still have their fastball, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know of any bands 30 years in that, like, I remember one time I was talking to my uncle, who's a really big Radiohead fan. Um, and I just, I think it was like during COVID or something, we would just randomly email each other about music. And I had this thought of like, what bands exist that, I didn't even really know he was a Radiohead fan, but I said, well, what bands exist that have had a career of over 10 years and never made a bad album? And he like answered right away that it was Radiohead. Yeah. Um, That's a great question. I don't know. What do you uh, think about that? What do you uh, think of it? Do you think that they made a bad album? Would you say? Me? Yes. I do too. Well, you think there's what? well, is it the is it King of Limbs or is it Pablo Honey? For me, it's Pablo Honey. King yeah, of Limbs, I didn't Limbs. like, but I don't think it's a bad album. But I didn't like it. But I definitely thought Pablo Honey was. It's not for me. Like I just none of those songs, none of the music, and none of the songs like appeal to me at all. Um, and that's fun because for free, sorry, 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 sorry. I think oh, Pablo ahead. Honey for me was like five out of five, or five out of ten. It was it was rock songs that were not great but fine um but at the same time king of limbs was a was just a miss i prefer what do you prefer kings of leon or king of limbs <laughs> i like some kings of leon so i do like kings of leon too kings i probably prefer i don't i think i might like radiohead more than kings of leon though maybe definitely I, know, I like Kings of Leon a lot, honestly. I'm not gonna lie. Really to like, yeah, yeah, Jake, you tried it. You you tried to get me going for so long on Kings of Leon. I like him. I like him quite a bit. Yeah, I like him, dude. They're um, great. That singer is amazing at Kings of Leon. He's got a great voice. That guy. Uh, Chris, do you know some... who I was listening to the other day? Yeah. We're crushing some Wolf Mother. <laughs> it was a lot of Let's fun. Go. It was a lot hit? of fun. Good. I forgot that Dimension and Mind's Eye are on the same record as Joker and the Thief and Woman. I thought those were two different records. Is that their debut too? Yeah. Just, wow. What a debut. Yeah. What their happened? debut still... was so their debut was so good that their second album like doesn't compare. Is the second album with California that? Queen? Yes, no, that's I... Cosmic Egg. I like I I was a fan of Cosmic Egg. I think they've come out with a couple records since then, but I liked Cosmic Egg. I thought it was good. It is good, oh, wow, but the first that. album is so good. Yeah, the first album is incredible. They had a 2021 album called Rock Out. Oof. <laughs> Oof, that's, a, that's, uh, a, that's some Black Keys shit. Yeah. yeah. Dang. All right. Just so you guys know, uh, start of the second quarter, the Knicks are up 32 to 26. Dude, we I, this is a Radiohead podcast, so we can't even begin to get into what happened in the sorry. NBA in the last week. Sorry, but... sorry, sorry, sorry. No, look... I. If anything, if there's any parallel to draw, it's that greatness wow. is quite quite a fickle thing. And mm. uh, for Radiohead to have last, again, you said, Jake, earlier, like this could be, I can't remember what you said, like <clears throat> this could be their final album or something. Like I, it would be, it would be quite a run if indeed this is the end of Radiohead as some people think it might be as Alec, Alex Brown, who we had on for Hail to the Thief, super Radiohead fan, friend of my brother's, he was like, you know, he predicted that Radiohead may not come back, that there's been chatter about that in the community. And again, I, I there's anything the last week in the NBA taught me about, it's like, it's hard to keep groups and units together. Yeah. Um, and so for them to have like made so much great music in some, you know, over the span of however long, pretty pretty incredible mm -hmm. what a parallel yeah thank you so i was i was on uh <laughs> that was a tangent i went on but charlie really successfully railed reined that back in so thank you my pleasure now of course <laughs> who's the james harden of radiohead 
Now this is some fucking Bill Simmons shit. I don't want to get into this. I would, <laughs> <laughs> no, I here's what I'll tell you. I would not I would not put James Harden in Radiohead. I would say James Harden, excuse me. I would, I would not I would, either. I would say though that Kyrie and and uh, John Frusciante are very similar <laughs> because they're both <laughs> incredible because they're both incredible but very problematic. <laughs> Okay. Is John Frusciante is problematic? Only in so far as that he has like a lot of personal issues. As far as I remember, he was like a had horrendous drug abuse problems and like had to be in and out of the Red Hot Chili Peppers because of it and could not get his like act together, basically. Sure, um, sure. But you could probably say that about a lot of there's probably a lot of Kyrie's in music, you know, guys who just like you want to rely on them, but you can't. Yeah, I could go all day. Do you have two uh, hours? Yeah, give me, give me, just give me one. Well, Chris, you're one. a big fan of the Red Hots. Or wait, are you talking about music? Or are you still talking the about Nets? The I'm not oh. talking about the Nets. Give the me Nets. one take. Give me one take. One quick take. Last podcast. Yeah, I'm that's relieved. it, baby. I'm sad, but I'm relieved that Kevin is gone. I'm really sad that Kevin is gone. I was pretty I'm sad, sad about that. I'm sad that Kevin's gone. Yeah. I loved watching him. Um, I have no resentment toward him. Uh, I'm pretty resentful toward Kyrie. Me too. For being anti-Semitic or? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wanted him I wanted him off the team since that moment, but I just feel like he's the worst. Well, you general. were caught on camera saying that he was right, weren't you? Or no? <laughs> Uh, I'd prefer not to comment on that uh, at this time. I feel like you should definitely comment on it and turn it and say it didn't happen right now. Yeah, no, that, that never happened. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sad but relieved. Um, I feel like Morgan yeah. Wallen and Kyrie are. I feel like Morgan Wallen is the Kyrie of music. <laughs> I don't know. Mor Morgan Wallen said sorry, like effusively. And, he also uh, asked after he was kissing girls at the COVID party uh, and got kicked off of SNL, he came out and said that he had a drinking problem and he was something he needed to fix. And then like a week later, he was caught on camera, like saying the N-word a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Morgan Wallen fan. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. But I'm excited to I'm excited to have a normal basketball team of normal people. Even if they're not as good, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a home. It's gonna be a homegrown team. We even got a new fucking. I love. I'm a big fan of Vaughn. He's a cool dude. Yeah, dude, he's great. Recently, um, but yeah, no homegrown team. I'm excited to see what happens. Me too. Me too. And we could all afford to go to the games now again. Yes, yeah. I was gonna say the tickets will be cheaper. That's the best part about this. One final right, thought. Chuck, what did you send here? One, I, I, this is, I just want to give one final thought on Radiohead, and then I'll give you my fandometer score. And should we rank? The, should we do a, some ranking too, or no? We're not not, dude, I that. know my, I know my top. I, I could totally rank my Radiohead albums. Yeah, so I, can, like, I think I could probably do that as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, so the this fan rendition of Radiohead's "In Rainbows" is made up entirely of Super Mario sixty four sounds. Yes. So I was going to bring this. <laughs> I, I, we can save it for later, but I just wanted to. This is part of the theme of what I wanted to say about Radiohead is like my concluding thoughts, having listened to every song of theirs over the last seven months, um, multiple times over. Um, but yeah, I, I, I could, I, I'll just say it now and then I can rank my albums and then maybe you guys can give your concluding thoughts and rank albums too. So like for me, what I came away from this was that A, Radiohead is great. I really like them, even if I'm not going to like binge listen to them all the time because I find them challenging and sad. I really respect them as musicians. By the way, this song, The Numbers, is just like such an incredible song. Like mm. this song is just so up like my alley. Yeah. Like the orchestrations, boo -ba -dee boo boo. Like it's right. There's so many great little moments and melodies in there. Um, but, uh, Anyway, I was what I was going to say is A, like Tom York is a genius. B, Johnny Greenwood is a genius. C, they write great songs. Like some of their songs are so well constructed 
And D, which is probably the most important thing about Radiohead, is like they sound good in other forms by other artists. So like when I saw them played by this, you know, orchestra, this quintet that we saw, I was like astonished at how well the songs translated to like two violins, a cello, and mm -hmm. a bass, like it, and a viola. Like it was unbelievable to me. Like the music is so rich. And then I listened to this fan rendition of Radiohead's In Rainbows made up entirely of like sounds from Super Mario 64. And it sounds incredible. Like it's so good and fun and interesting. And it's like that I think is the true mark of a band is like when your mm. songs can be viewed and appreciated through a different prism and a different arrangement with different instruments. Like that is the true mark of excellent musicians. And I'm consistently blown away by covers I hear of them. And so like, even if I don't go back and listen to their albums all the time, I will still find myself intrigued and impressed by them through interpretations that other people give me, which I think mm. is one of the most enduring legacies that a band can have. So that's something I took away from Radiohead. And in terms of ranking the albums, I would put Moonshape Pool as my third favorite. I liked it that much. Right. And if you want, I could give you the full rating, but I want to hear where you guys rank. Um, well, thanks for that, Charlie. I think, uh, no, I agree. I think it's very translatable music, which is the mark of good musicianship, right? Like a bunch of people can write good songs, but if they're not, if someone else plays it and it doesn't sound good, it's not a good song, it's a good performance. Uh, I think that's a famous trait about Bob Dylan. Um, his songs are extraordinarily translatable. That's why a lot of people say that uh, All Along the Watchtower, Jimi Hendrix version, is the greatest song of all time because it was written by one of the greatest songwriters of all time and performed by one of the greatest performers of all time. So those two pieces together <laughs> make magic. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think I I've really enjoyed listening to this band. I certainly... Um, like them very much. Uh, there's records that I will revisit that I'm very excited to revisit because again, I haven't gone back to listen to anything else besides for the album that we are doing that week. So I'm really looking forward yeah. to coming back and listening to OK Computer and In Rainbows and Hail to the Thief again. Um, yeah, and then I guess my order, I'm gonna go from last is King of Limbs and then I'm gonna go Pablo Honey and then I'm gonna go Amnesiac, The Benz, Kid A, Uh, Moonshape Pool, OK Computer, Hail to the Thief, and Rainbows. And Rainbows is your number one. I think so, man. I really liked it. Nice. Which I'm surprised that people... dethroned OK Computer. Surprised that, 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 say that again. I'm surprised that, uh, in, in Rainbows dethroned OK Computer as yeah. the, the top of the mountain for me. Hmm. I think a lot of people probably agree with you, though. I think a lot of people love and would put in rainbows as their number one. In rainbows is my number one. Oh wow! Oh wow! All right. Yeah. And then I think, oof, uh, I think, hail to the thief, and then moonshaped pool. Okay, so we're all uh, kind of in that world. And then kid A. And then the bands, and then Amnesiac, and then King of Limbs, and then Pablo Honey. Wait, what about OK Computer? Oh, shit. <laughs> I was okay, like, whoa, okay. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> okay, OK Computer comes after Kid A. Yeah, that, uh, and I'm then cool Amnesiac. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot wow. what I said already, but I'm going to have to listen to this again. And like, I definitely But both of newer. you guys put In Rainbows as your number one. Yeah, I think so. But you didn't give I us your like full I... list, did you, Chuck? No, I didn't yeah, give you my full list. My full list would be uh, OK Computer 1, The oh, Benz, wow. The Benz 2. I have to pull up all the albums. Yeah. Uh, Moonshade Pool 3, Hail to the Thief 4, Kid A 5, Amnesiac 6. Um, oh no, I'm missing in rainbows. Yeah, I, I was going to say, <laughs> you're pulling the same thing Chris was pulling. I was like, don't you dare sorry, say King sorry. of Limbs right now. No, 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 no. I'd have to redo this. Okay. Okay, computer, Benz, Moonshape Pool, 
Hail to the Thief in rainbows. Kid A, Amnesiac. Probably King of Limbs and then Pablo Honey. Pablo Honey for me was definitely the worst. Because I listened to that I and I was like, because I listened to that at the start of our podcast and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to hate Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight, nine months ago. Yeah, nine months ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I feel like this this experiment has given me like the skeleton of Radiohead. And even if I haven't, like, I feel where I float toward. Um, so now I feel like I'm ready to, like, truly see where, how much of a fan I can become um, and where things go from here. But, yeah, um, I feel like I didn't fall in love with the band as much as I thought I would in this experiment. I feel like a lot of times I had to push myself pretty hard to... Yeah, you had trouble in the beginning. Yeah, I had to push myself hard to listen to the records. Um, but I think it's like that with any band. Like, if you told me to listen to my favorite band ever for nine months, uh, I would have trouble eventually. You know? Especially um, one one album at a time. Like, yeah. I mean, that would be Modest Mouse for you, right? Like, Moon in Antarctica. Could you do that yeah. every day for two weeks? <laughs> yeah, and this band hits such a particular vein that it's just hard. It's a hard mood. Um, so I'm excited yeah. when I'm in the mood now to see where I go with it. Um, yeah. but yeah, ultimately, and I, I think, I think my fandometer is going to land at, and at, at, a, <laughs> uh, at an 80. All right. I had it at, I had it at an 80. I'm going to stick with it. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm going to stick at 80 too. I was at 80 last week. And again, this record. I feel like the only movement that I've had really was the backwards momentum after King of, King of Limbs, and I, I'm this album is is not a full apology note for that record, so I think I'm gonna stick. I think I'm also sticking at eighty, Chris. That's how you Talk know. You. That's how you know that like we did our last podcast a week ago. We like remember what our last fandometer was. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what the fandometer is. Usually it was like, number. what's the fandometer again? What was my number? We did that podcast three months ago. Yeah, I, I was at an 80 last time because King of Limbs brought me down, and I think I'm back up to an 85, which is like cool. a solid, like I really like this band. I appreciate so much of what they've done for music, but definitely find, like you, Chris, and definitely same as you, Jake, like I, I find them challenging at certain intervals because they like really require, you know, they require you to kind of concentrate in a, mm -hmm. which I think is a good thing with music. But sometimes I just want a music that like elevates me to a certain mood that I want to get to, whether it's like I want to run through a wall or I want to like just feel good or I want to like go to sleep in bed, you know. And Radiohead is a band that I think really needs to be like rummaged through to understand, you know, you need to understand yeah what these guys are trying it's weird i feel like i haven't i haven't felt like like isolated or like lonely <laughs> i guess i don't know it's like a hard feeling for me like i don't know when i, don't know. I like even, I have, yeah just, i'll keep going it's weird it's weird like i feel like my 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 music for that moment was was totally constructed in my teen and early 20s like that's when like i fell in love with like sad emotional music and now i return to that when i'm feeling that way you right? return to, to that play. music that you fell in love with when you were in your early 20s is what you're yes, saying yes when i was dealing with like angst or loneliness or like when it was new right and like the things that i tie with that and what helps to pull you out of that for me is like sentimentality um memories your things that remind you of 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 other times of other people right so like i don't know it's weird to try to introduce a new band that hits that vein of like cynical yeah. lonely isolated sadness it's just well, like i don't know it's just it's weird i don't know if that makes sense i have it i'm kind of just teasing no, I, see, I see where you're coming from i think for me i kind of have the same thing with 
I don't like metal music that much anymore, and I don't really like screaming besides for Fucked Up. I like that band, but otherwise, and I think it's mainly just because I'm not angry anymore. <laughs> I sure, almost exactly, never get mad, right. so it's hard for me to relate to that. Sure. And also, like, I'm probably going to put on Blonde if I'm feeling, <laughs> you know, if I'm feeling, like, yes, super, absolutely. super sad yeah. and, like, alone. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's, so it's just weird. It's like, I don't know. It's hard. Well, you talk- something I've had a hard time with. You talk about something that I think is really interesting. It's like the purpose of this podcast when it started, right? was like, here are three guys who are turning 30 who've never listened to Radiohead. And it's like in a certain way, right? Like they're, they were ahead of our time. And so we would probably would not have grown up alongside them and experienced their music in those kind of moments of our lives where we were changing and going through huge transitions. The way that say, we may have listened to the Arctic Monkeys, right? Because that was a band that we kind of grew up with or the Strokes or whoever. Um, But that's what I think is really interesting about Radiohead is like, I look at them as like, this is what they were trying to do. Almost as like Mm. reading a history book. It's like, this is what they were trying to do in opposition to or in response to what was going on in music at this time. You know, mm-hmm. and then you come away from it being like, oh, man, like they definitely achieved that or like they swung for the fences, you know, in, in trying to stand out amongst the music scene. But I totally mm-hmm. agree with you, Chris, that like, again, this is such an embar- it's an embarrassing example in so many ways. But like for me, like the band that I always returned to when I was going through like emotional moments or feeling weird or whatever, um, when I was younger was Third Eye Blind and like when I revisit those songs, I'm reminded of how I felt when I was listening to them. Mm-hmm. And because I don't have that context with Radiohead, I think I more feel like they're this like treasure chest, uh, like this like mm. this art, like this painting on the wall that I sit at and I stare at and I have to think about them, but more from an intellectual perspective and less from like yeah. that emotional perspective. And and also, you know, it's it's like they have such a massive reputation. I almost feel like their burdens, it's like their success has been a burden on them because they're so critically acclaimed and so critically adored, you know? It's like, can you name a band that's more beloved by music critics than them? You know, like every one of their albums from their second album to their most recent one, except for King of Limbs, appears on lists of greatest albums ever made. Yeah. You know, it's insane. Yeah, one thing that constantly came up for me was that every album sounded three to five years later than it than it came out. Yeah, definitely. Um, even this album, like, you know, this album could have came out last year. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. With like with the complexity and kind of even the skew toward ambience that uh, that's happening in indie music. Like, I don't know. I feel like it could easily go that way um maybe we haven't even heard this come into fruition yet um but a record like blonde like even that like so informed by radiohead it's just really cool like i I don't know that that was like the coolest part for me was that it connected dots for a lot of the music that i really like um even if i don't necessarily ever find myself obsessed with this band like understanding where where their influence came from and how far ahead of the curve Radiohead was literally at every step over a 30 year career. It's just wild. Um, yeah. I'm a Radiohead head. Um, I, I am a Radiohead head as well. All right, Charlie, say it. I'm a Radiohead head. RH goosebumps. Um, well, that was brilliant. That was very beautiful fellas. Um, uh yeah i mean i'm I'm running out of things to say we've been doing this podcast for about eight years now um yeah we still have to record the spoken word introduction to the record that's a <laughs> that's a joke nice I like um, that. oh speaking of that they uh, jay just announced new shows chris <laughs> they're back baby oh yeah what's good with that I don't know. They announced four shows, two shows in New York, two in LA. And then I, my dumbass obviously bought one of the New York ones right away. And then immediately after I bought it, they announced two more shows in New York. So they're doing four in New York, four in LA currently. I haven't checked if they added okay. more, but speaking huh. about the band, say anything. 
Sorry, I didn't realize we didn't. There was an inside. Like, what songs are they even gonna? I don't know. I really don't know. And it's the same thing where they pitched the last thing as their last tour. So, and now my dumbass again. I, my, I bought into it again, and I'm gonna go see him again. <laughs> That's and this okay. is gonna. Be, yeah. That's okay. That's all right. It's not your fault. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the song "True Love." Tom waits. Um. We're finishing the the podcast. This is going to be the last episode, but the little fun part is that we have to record. We want to record a little bit of an intro episode because we recorded one back in July when we started this podcast, and it's garbage, absolute garbage. <laughs> um, so we wanted to wait until we got hot again, uh, and then we we're going to record that. And again, this podcast, I'm, I'm also we also just have not released any episodes <laughs> since recording, which I think was sweet. At the beginning, by design of saying, I know we're going to take more than a week between, and I want to make sure that we do it every, we release once a week. But then after, when we got like halfway through, I was like, it'll just be fun to do the entire show and then just release it after. So Yeah, I think I think it was a good idea. Me too. I'm a little bit worried about promotion because I don't believe any of us really uses social media anymore. <laughs> I think we're, all three of us are basically off of Twitter and Instagram and mildly tiktok i know charlie's been throwing some content up there but otherwise i don't really know where we're going to do much promotion on here i i had there is an there is an instagram account i have not plugged it in any episodes i don't think so that uh, probably wasn't smart um but it's mfa emfa podcast on instagram what's the album or what's the podcast cover gonna be did you decide that it's is it gonna in, be I'm, the in Rainbows? I'm not doing the Benz one I'm not Can doing the Benz, the Benz one. one no I'm not Why, doing the fucking, I'm not doing the Benz oh. <laughs> if you guys send me pics of you doing the Benz thing I'll do no. the Benz no, one. No, then I'm not, not doing the, <laughs> no I'm not doing the Benz <laughs> one <laughs> all right I love um, that you sent a sample, though. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. I was, uh, hey, guys, just working a couple things out. Wanted to get your thoughts on this real quick. <laughs> Regretted it immediately. <laughs> you guys were nice, though. You didn't say anything at the time, really. But you just brought it up on air that it was a, it was a disaster. No, it was funny, no. man. I mean, it was I, too I, good. It was too good. It was too good. It's a little jarring, for sure, if, like, three guys are making that, <laughs> making that face. <laughs> So I think it's better to do the In Rainbows cover for we'll sure. Do the In Rainbows one, yeah. Uh, we got, I don't know, we got like a minute and 40 left on this song, and then I guess we can close it up. For, for do you the want last to, time. yeah, do you want to do the intro episode, like keep it in yeah. one recording and you'll just split it up? Yeah, I was thinking it would be even easier for me if we stopped recording and did a separate one. Is that too annoying? No, here, let me see yeah. what happens. Just because then the, I just, logic just gets annoying when I have to use files that are that big. Because yeah, I don't have I'm a good. A, I'm going to stop recording. Hold on. <laughs>